You're listening to DraftKings Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley. SAB, the CV. Copyright 2024. Proximo. Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Dan Lebitard Show with Stu Gatz is presented by DiGiorno. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. This is the Dan Lebitard Show with the Stu Gatz Podcast. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code DAN for a special offer when you sign up. That's code DAN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Not since an unhinged and enraged Mike Ryan accused everyone who works at Metal Arc Media of stealing a photo of his daughter off of the refrigerator (laughs) have we had a stranger theft accusation around here than Stugatz wandering around the studio moments ago wondering who stole his list of top 11 most boring quarterbacks <laughs> ever to appear in a Super Bowl. Right. He's looking under his computer. Can't find he, it. He looked under the cartoon snake over here. Not there. Uh, he cannot find uh, this list. And uh, Mike Ryan said... Uh, flippantly, as if he doesn't understand how much thought goes into these lists of Stugatz, can you just do it off the dome? As if there's not a meticulous preparation and research staff. He's asking you if you can recreate it off the dome. We'll get to that in a second. But before we do so, there are a couple of things that I wanted to talk about with the group. Uh, Michael Rubin is someone I wanted to discuss with Amin because uh, he made the unusual move, Stugatz, of leaving an ownership stake with the 76ers to go to more profitable ventures in sports. He now runs Fanatics. He's the one who put together that white party that had every celebrity in the world in the Hamptons uh, a year ago. And it's worth $31 billion and growing very rapidly. Like he's going to get into live events. He's looking to take over. He's an aggressive, ambitious person who's going to vie for richest person in the universe. 
And when I talk to him on Highly Questionable, I mean, it's a mindset that is outside of my purview where he went hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt as a 14-year-old, like trying to run a jet ski business. It's like <laughs> something I don't, I can't even fathom how business minds like this work. But you know something about what he did with the Sixers. He could have stayed there, but he parlayed the relationship with Joel Embiid and sports ownership into something bigger and better than sports ownership. Well, the, the reason he had to sell was because the venture he wanted to get into was gambling. He wanted fanatics. They have a sports book. They have yes. a sports book. Yes. And so as an owner, he's not allowed to be involved in but that. But he saw more money is what I'm saying. I mean, of course, but of course. I mean, I think everyone sees more money in that as it's being legalized in more and more states. And so at that point, that's the inflection point for him is uh, I can continue to own this team and be you know a part of this thing that one day if I sell my stake, uh, will bring back many, many millions, or I could be making many, many millions right now doing this other thing. And so he sells at a high point, I might add, and invests that money into doing what is going to make him a lot more money. And because of his relationships that he had built during his time as an owner, now he's got all the people. He, he has access to all these people that maybe before it was a little, hey, are you allowed to talk to that guy? Because, you know, is that tampering? Is that not tampering? Or he, maybe it was a lot of... Well, now he doesn't have to worry about that. He can talk to whoever he wants. It's a fascinating venture, though. All of it. Not just what he's building, but how he built it. The how... jet ski thing is new to me. I did not know that he started as a 14-year-old selling jet skis. But it's an entrepreneurial mind that is outside. I, my mind doesn't work that way. I've sort of had entrepreneurship forced on me. It's not. I don't use that side of my brain. It confuses me. You didn't ask for any of this? I did no. not ask for any of this, no. Uh, but I, he I went to college for a year and said, I'm wasting my time here. I can't make money here. I can make money if I leave college. He left and made a lot of money. Do you remember money. what the things you guys were doing at 14 years old? Oh, yeah. Yep. Very. Same things I'm doing now. Yeah, about five times a day. <laughs> yep. Dave Canales, eat your heart off. Business at 14 years old, that is something that is just simply unfathomable to me. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys. One clarification, Dan. Uh, in the neighborhood of jet skis, but it was a ski ramp, not jet skis. Mm. Fine. I say fifty. Yeah. I don't think, uh, well, that's not the way that I remember the story being that's told. That's not to the way I remember how he works. The story told personally by him, though. It's Mandela effect. Mm-hmm. You're but, correcting me. We got to find Mandela effect. Yep. You're finding me for Shaq something? Shaq was in Kazam. Sinbad was not in Shazam. Mm-hmm. He personally Baron told me. Steen. How much money did he lose? Does it say, does it say the, the number there? Does it say how much he went into uh, debt at that recall? age? What do you recall? Oh, then you're willing to trust my memory there? It was in Canadian dollars. Take a stab at it. Do any of you guys, uh, did you or do you watch Dave the- uh, 200 grand, Dan. The FX. That's crazy at that age. That's crazy at that age to lose. How does that even happen? You must come Brandon from Staley, typically. G- great wealth. <laughs> <laughs> Nepo, baby. Um, the FX series, Dave, the first season of it was inventive and innovative, fun and huge. It's a big project, and he is now taking, Lil Dicky is now taking time off. He isn't saying he's not going to go back to it, but he needs time off because it has consumed so much of his creative energy. It is a giant creative swing. I mean, you love that show, correct? Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. It got a little whiny as time went by, but I... Overall, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun kind of 
uh, you know, another one of these quasi-reality. It's not reality. It's all scripted, but you're going to see people like, you know, uh, like Benny and like you know all these other characters that well, Brad, show up that are real Brad people. Pitt, by the by Scooter the Long. end though, uh, the, Brad Pitt is in it mm-hmm. by the end. And uh, did this did this break Santino or was he already somebody who was a very popular I, comic before? I, 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 I think the lockdown kind of broke Santino uh, as comedy found this crazy resurgence. It, we're in a new golden era of stand up comedy. Instagram Reels and podcasts. TikTok and podcasts all blew up when people were locked down in their homes. And this kind of was parallel to that. It was a confluence of things that helped break Santino. Yeah. Someone else said it's a golden age of comedy, I believe, on a podcast called South Beat Sessions. I believe his name is Sam Morrill. So That's you should right. all check it out. It's out now wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. But I digress. Santino, has he broken? I say this as someone who's a big fan of his work. I think he's hilarious. His stand-up is great. He's been on a lot his of shows. Pod is great. He had a the great Netflix special. Yeah, So, but like... Has he broken? Not not to the level of some of the other guys. Right, like like the, not A-list, but on the internet, yeah. yeah. Internet, he's not arenas. He's theaters, though. Yeah. Like the Bad Friends podcast is like it, selling out like full. For sure. Yeah. But I feel like we're talking niche. I'm in that niche, so I'm like, yes. But I'm wondering to the common person. When well, I say but, Andrew Santino. Well, when you say, you know, okay, let's see. Let's let's analyze this for a second. Rogan is the one breaking comedians. All of the many. Rogan, all of the Rogan guys get big economies around He's them. He's Johnny Carson yeah, now. I, I yes, don't think yes, Santino, yes, Santino was broken on his own with the, the Bobby Lee and the, just a social well, media I'm, friendly to nature To clarify, we're talking about the redheaded guy on Dave. Yes. Because I I would bet some people listening do not know who that is. Yeah, so it's not there yet. I'm with the mean. I like the show a lot, but way too many dick jokes for me. That type of sense of humor is just, it's not for, it's way too raunchy for me. I don't like sex jokes, penis jokes, (laughs) jerk off jokes. It's just not for me. Milking. Way too many dick jokes for me personally. I think it's a smart show. I was being sarcastic. She loves I I don't think a mean, I don't think a mean really... I, I should have laid it on thicker. I think uh, we... Uh, <laughs> when we talk about comedians and comedians breaking, Jerry Seinfeld is now making a movie. Jerry Seinfeld is damn near 70 years old, Stugatz. And wow. generally speaking, doesn't make bad choices. It's not just... I, I, I love... B-movie. Yes, agreed. Uh, it was all right. Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, I thought, was an excellent vehicle for him to try to do something after Seinfeld that can be his. And I love that show. But the choice he's now made with Melissa McCarthy, Fred Armisen, Jim Gaffigan, he's making a Pop-Tart movie. And that one scares me for him. It's, it scares me. Like, there's some star power in there. His Pop-Tart bit is something that he's been doing for a long time. He's broken it out in a bunch of different shows. Everyone loves the Seinfeld Pop-Tart bit. Remind me of the Pop-Tart bit? All of these. He just talks about what a wonderful genius delicacy the Pop-Tart mm. is. and it's, So he's making a movie about it? He's, he's making... The Dangerous Game. It's on Netflix. Most, and it's well. it's the, the thing about all of these comedians that we're talking about... All of them, all of them would say that he's the king. All of them would point to him and say they are trying to make him laugh. This movie worries me, though, because I look at it and I'm like, man, this is going to be a hard one to pull off. I learned everything I need to know when you said it's a Netflix movie. (laughs) So let me give you the cliff notes. Hey, Jerry, here's a lot of money. Do whatever you want. You guys need editing or should I show you guys the slides? Nope, nope, nope. Whatever you want. Money, Jerry Seinfeld. Just do whatever you want. 
I'll do a movie about this Pop Tart thing that I've been doing for years. <laughs> but don't you? But don't you think with the cast that you just rattled off that they're going to take a pretty humorous approach to self-serious movies of this nature? No, but he's taking a big chance, and I mean, is right. I totally agree with you. It's a money grab for it, him. This, this yes. is this is the Adam Sandler formula, he doesn't folks. Need money? It's a, neither is Adam Sandler, right. but he keeps he keeps doing it. He keeps, he keeps doing it. Netflix right. says, Everybody "Here's money. money, never Here, enough. Here's <laughs> money, and then in return, you get to hire friends, and this is going to be the dead giveaway." He could have got money for just stand-up. No, no, but that's work. This is fun. Hang out with my friends all day and not have to worry about making something good. When Jerry Seinfeld does stand-up, like there's a brand attached to that. Like, this has got to be good. I can't half-ass this. I'm Jerry Seinfeld. I'm one of the greatest comics ever. When Jerry Seinfeld makes a movie, no one has expectations. Just give me the money. Just give me the money. I disagree, man. Jerry Seinfeld cares what has his name on it. B movie! Was fine movie. for what it was. What it's was it? It's a TikTok cult classic now. What? The kids love the B movie. Yeah. I think back positively on B movie. I don't remember anything about it, but I just remember watching it and being like, "Ah, eh, you can't really, movie. you can't really disparage a, a children's film. You can't have can. work up really strong opinions about Bebe's kids. I can and I will. I'll can I book. say something that I believe all of you will find shocking? Jerry Seinfeld is older than Greg Cody. No, it's crazy. I just looked it up to confirm it. Impossible. Not true. Five months older. You're looking at the internet wrong. Fine. (laughs) Jerry Seinfeld doesn't need money. Don't he and Leno both have airplane hangers, plural, filled with cars? It's easy money, Dan. Why does Dan do this? Doesn't need any more money. I'm just saying. Neither does Cliff Kingsbury, and he's going back to coach. Why does anyone Doc do Rivers? Does Doc Rivers need more okay. money? Okay, I stand corrected. Forgive me. Cliff Kingsbury surely has as much money as Jerry Seinfeld. Howdy, listeners. It's Mike, and you know, a lot has changed over the years. Just look at sports. There's instant replay, a three-point line, there were shifts and then not shifts. But one thing that hasn't changed over the course of all those things I just mentioned, the great taste of Miller Lite. That's right. It's so good. And it's also less filling. So what's the best thing about Miller Lite, the original light beer? Well, Miller Lite sparked this debate way back in 1975. We still haven't settled it. Be like me. I don't pick one. I like it because it's both. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste. Only 96 calories. It's a beer that strips away everything that you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Be like me. Say both. Miller Lite. Great taste. And is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Dan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs and premium regular beer. The Dan Lebitard Show with Stugatz is brought to you by Bayer Aspirin, the official sponsor of Fans Hearts. We're presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code DAN for a special offer when you sign up. That's code DAN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. This show is a little bit infatuated with Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage is famously, wonderfully strange, likes to uh, you know, spend a lot of money on ancient human skulls and whatnot. Dinosaur egg. <laughs> I think he, uh, he is owned or owns castles, and he makes a lot of movies, at least in part, because there are a lot of taxes to be paid. I don't think there is a more prolific actor. I think Mike Ryan's obsession with Nicolas Cage includes him having a pillow in his home 
that features the face of a bloated Nicolas Cage, correct? Well, bloated is, you're adding that. I, mm, I think he looks all? fine in, uh, in that fo- uh, photo that's in my pillow. And if it's too much for you. Because on your it, pillow, not in your pillow. That's no, it's, also it's hiding. Yeah. It's hiding. It's, it's one yeah, of those things that swipe. it can look like a normal uh, red throw pillow. But then if you give it a swipe with your hand, you reveal Cage. His latest movie, Dream Scenario. I don't know if it's his latest. He might have made four more since I saw Dream Scenario. He's got it just 17 in development. He's slowing down. It's excellent, but he's got a ton of bad movies, a, a ton of bad movies. He seems to always be working. What is this clip that we're throwing into? So I tried to not give too many spoilers for this very controversial film for all sorts of reasons, mainly the leading man in the film, but The Flash. And Amin and I were just talking before we started recording about how critically... It flopped. Box office, it was a flop. But the people that actually went to see this film, the audience rating wasn't so bad because it was great nostalgia. It was kind of this new trend of superhero movies that it had a multiverse. Mm -hmm. And Nicolas Cage actually has a cameo Mm -hmm. in this film as Superman. Mm -hmm. It's great Nicolas Cage lore that there was a Tim Burton Superman film with Nicolas Cage playing Clark Kent in Superman. Shelved. No one's ever seen it or it's not been seen publicly. Well, no, no, it never got made. made. They were pretty far along in Mm pre-production. There's occasionally a costume photo of Nicolas Cage dresses Superman that'll pop up on your social media. Did you know? So this was actually a really cool part of The Flash is that you actually got to see some of this vision, Tim Burton's vision, play out as an alternate universe version of Superman appeared. And if you're a Nicolas Cage nerd or a comic book nerd, you kind of popped for this. The problem with The Flash was it was supposed to kind of be in this dream state. And so they had really bad CGI that a lot of people checked out on. And Nicolas Cage was really excited to take part in this role. And he explains his experience on it and how it kind of went south for him. First and foremost... I was on set. Um, They did put a lot of time into building the suit. And what I was meant to do, and by the way, Andy, who I I think is a terrific director, he's a great guy and a great director, and I loved his two It movies. Great people, him and his sister. What I was supposed to do was literally just be standing in an alternate dimension, if you will, and witnessing the destruction of the universe. I was, Kal-El was bearing witness of the end of a universe. And you can imagine with that short amount of time that I had, <laughs> what that would mean in terms of what I can convey. I had no dialogue, convey with my eyes the emotion. Okay, so that's what I did. I was on set for maybe three hours. When I went to the picture, it was me fighting a giant spider. I, 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 that, I did not do that. <laughs> How do you not love that guy? <laughs> do you think, do any of you think that we can try to convey us watching the end of the universe with just our eyes? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think we should go around the room. Everyone should go give it a try. All right. Uh, this is not uh, great as well, uh, That's audio. why we should probably keep the content going <laughs> okay. and right. sage doomsday 
in the penalty box green screen room, uh, and we'll right. just take turns right. conveying that Actually right, watch as the content yes. rolls in, on. In the intro, I, I mean, go ahead. Since it was such a bad idea to execute on the fly, you go be first. You thought it was a good idea. I mean, you, you go and sit in the penalty box, yeah, and right. then you try to convey to us. We will go one by one in there and try to convey to people with our eyes what it would look like if we were witnessing the end of the universe or fighting a giant spider. I'm just trying to remember what my face was when Brian Windhorst reported that LeBron was going back to the Cavs. In the time that we're waiting for Amin to get set up, let's introduce Lucy to Andy Reid in the punt, pass, and kick competition when he was 14 years old. This is a video that we used to play all the time on Highly Questionable because it's wonderful and because look at Andy Reid and how much bigger he is than the other <laughs> kids there and watch him throw a football right now. Andy Reid throwing a football as a 14-year-old, number 34, launching a pass. Uh, yeah, about 20. That's further than Chad Pennington From the 18 ever throw it. to oh, no the yes. other good, 45. Uh, good math, Chris. Uh, go ahead and yes, try to figure that out. He, he finally releases, maybe the 19 he releases. It's the 19. About 40 yards as a 14 Lands on the 45. He's at the 15. Now let's, let's watch Rasheed Rice of the Chiefs watching this video because Lucy, you've never seen this, correct? Are the other kids 14? Everyone's the same age, and Andy Reid is no, twice no. as large as all of them. Don't you, buy it. Birth certificate? You want to see the, it? like, bench warmer scene. I am 12. That's what Andy Reid did. Rasheed Rice had the same sort of skepticism that you do. Look at Rasheed Rice here not believing that that's his coach. I don't know if you've seen this video of your coach. My coach? His helmet's too small. <laughs> you look like got, like, a hat on it. <laughs> no, he's tripping. <laughs> no, there's no way it is it, bro. I, I, I swear to God. No way. So if I ask if I ask about it, he goes. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Right. 100%. Okay. What's the name of the team? This is the Rams. <laughs> this is at like halftime of the Rams game. <laughs> no. I don't know what y'all built, but that's crazy. That ain't <laughs> I like him. <laughs> this is because of AI. You can't yeah. trust the video. Also, way too much flair on these Super Bowl kits for the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, come on. Especially with Mahomes with the captain C on there. You got four pieces of flair plus a shield. It's too much, guys. Come on. You know what I am stunned we haven't gotten to? I am stunned that Stugatz hasn't stormed in here screaming about it because he's got feuds with a handful of of esteemed media members. Yep. Mike Wilbon, Rich Eisen is a good one. Rich Eisen is indignant that he would ever steal an idea right. from Stugatz. Mm -hmm. Dan Patrick, yeah. did, did you see what he suggested last week? Super Bowl Saturday. I mean, the P in Dan Patrick stands for phony. He knows good and well that I have been talking about that for many, many years. In fact, I talked about it two weeks ago with Chris Sims, who agrees with me that the Super Bowl should be on a Saturday. I can't believe we're finally having this discussion. <laughs> it's a good take. It was a good take at the time you had it. The, right. the chief complaint, Lucy, is that he doesn't feel well on Mondays after the Super Bowl. He feels like he needs a day of recovery, like from a hangover. I think that's fair. I think most of America feels that way. You eat like crap. You're drinking. Like, that's your best take ever. 
My other complaint is when I say it, no one says anything. Dan Patrick says it and discusses it on his show, and all of a sudden it blows up into big news. Oh, what a great idea. Oh, Dan Patrick, what a forward thinker. Oh, DP, get out of here. I said it seven years ago, and no one said a word. You know what, Stu? I was thinking the same thing when I was watching all the Swifties post about Colin Coward. I was like, minus you, we've all had that take on this show. How come Dan didn't go viral with it? How come Mm. Colin went viral with it? Mm -hmm. Is it because he's a silver? Fox mm. to these people? I don't know. Mm-mm. Answer the question. You just came back in here and mm-hmm. you're going hmm hmm while I'm, chewing. No, I'm not. While not, chewing. Not chewing, I was, I was going hmm. You have was, the remnants of food in your mouth because <laughs> while you were watching the apocalypse, the universe collapsed mm-hmm. in the other room, you were eating something. You were eating chips, I think. It's called method acting, Dan. You should look at You up. weren't eating? I mean, my character was eating, yes. I wasn't. If you were watching The End of the World, you would get a last meal in, right? I mean, right? Just a quick one? Cold stone. I would eat so much ice cream. Chicken cutty? I mean, I feel like that's a spot where you would lose your appetite. I feel like the destruction, the sort of uh, the the rivers of sewage running through the streets with human bodies. (laughs) There's one thing that you need to be doing in that spot. I'm not going to be eating cheesecake. No. You sure about that? You sure about that? Severed human heads rolling down the street. You've got me just lopping stuff onto a plate from a Chinese buffet. I'm just getting honey chicken and extra fried rice. Rivers of blood in the street. It's not ideal, but you got to rub one out in that spot. Really? Now, Now I've lost my appetite even more than I did seconds ago. Uh, are you you got to at least give it a go. Are you rubbing one out like for posterity or is it turning you on? You're like, I got I it. No, it's, not, it's certainly not turning me on. What if, you're, out of the gutter. what if you already did it five times that day? Mm. Well, you dig deep. Lucky number six. <laughs> the great <laughs> ones sell their body not today yeah. or sometimes today for a sixth time. Fall five times, get up six. Did I just hear off microphone the word chafing? <laughs> sure oh, it is a huge issue. <laughs> mm it's not going to matter if you're going to die. Right. There's like an injury report. Two weeks. That'd be a lot of pressure. I got an hour to live. Put it an on. An hour to live? That an hour? No, this is not an hour. Come on. Dude, guys. that's like 30 seconds. And then what do I do the other 59 <laughs> All right. minutes and 30 All right. seconds? Put it on the poll. Yeah. Depending on the hub search. Show, uh, Internet's hour. down. An hour. Oh, I, damn. I was truly no. terrified that right. Dan was going to say, all right, just go ahead. Go over there. Rub one out in 30 seconds or less. And I'm like, wait, Dan, come on. This is a family show. Is Dan going to check out the end of the world? Is I think that, he is. Uh, or to rub one out. Yeah. We'll find out together. <laughs> is that She's Starship Troopers? It. Yeah, it is too. Starship Troopers. With that a couch be, in the middle of it. File. That. Yeah, that would be an awesome way to watch a movie, right? This is just, just, just what it's like to sleep when you live in Miami. <laughs> the, the noise outside <laughs> is just... This is what's happening around you. Yeah. <laughs> that is actually stock footage from our time at the Cleveland there. By the way... Let me just say really quick. Do you guys know there's like the, an Instagram account that tracks the bright line and whenever it hits? Yeah, line? it's propagandized, man. But it's- like for the la- for example, the most recent post there mm-hmm. was once again bright line hits another, and the details of the person driving the car was Baker acted because he purposefully drove into the bright line was omitted. Well, that's but that's that's my point. It's like regardless of whose fault it is, isn't this proof positive that like South Florida drivers, Miami drivers are the worst? They're the worst. Like, is it ever the train's fault? The, the train no, is never, never train. a surprise. It, it literally goes in one direction. Never it a it, surprise. It doesn't Three jump. minutes before it comes, it's like, ding, ding, yeah. ding, 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 Bells ding, ding, ding. and arms. I will say, in the defense of some people, the traffic patterns around some of the train stops, especially odd, yeah. in yes. Miami, is it makes no sense. There's like intersections at 
train crossing. Because we just put that train here. Exactly. I could see how people would get confused, especially, actually, I, I, real quick, I, well, I'm going to run out of time, but yeah. I have a great train story for the next No, 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 no. no we will, we will yeah. stick yeah. with a train mm-hmm. story okay, okay. because we also need to get Dan's reaction to the end of the world or yeah. possibly rubbing one out. <laughs> Oh, what? That's how he's going to go viral, by the way. Uh, that's it. Let's stop. I wish bad, I didn't frame that it that way because I wasn't. Uh, okay, <laughs> terrible setup. Let me, I'm, let I apologize. me segue into my train story. So I was actually walking <laughs> across a train crossing with Willow a few months ago. We were walking across a train crossing and the, the lights started going on and the bar started going down. And there was a guy next to me and we both stopped. And the bar went down and landed and like hit him in the head. Like he was standing wow. at the he sidewalk. He could have gotten out of the way. And he, it hit him. He deserves it. Was, it. it was like ding, 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 ding. ding and like, it hit him in the head. He that turned. Sloma. No! <laughs> he turns to me. He turns to me and he says, You could have warned me. Really? I swear to God, my jaw hit the floor. Fucker came out it of nowhere. Was my fault that this guy was not paying attention and the thing ding 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 onto his head. I was like, I just laughed and I was like, this has got to be a joke. He was a hundred percent serious. He he wanted me to warn him. And then a train killed him. Because the ding 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 wasn't enough, I guess. The Dan Libertard Show with Sugats is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Keeping things bottled up can feel like carrying a weight that gets heavier with time. Whether it's talking to a trusted friend, journaling, or seeking professional help, finding ways to let out your thoughts and feelings can bring relief and help you navigate challenges more effectively. Remember, it's okay to reach out for help when you need it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com DLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot D-L-B. Oh my gosh, folks. Gather around. Everyone gather around. Listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers, listen to me. You bet just five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The Dan Lebitard Show with Stu Gatz is presented by 1-800-Flowers.com. DraftKings official flowers for Valentine's. We're presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code DAN for a special offer when you sign up. That's code DAN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
whole lot of Super Bowl coverage everywhere, but as others are intensely covering the Super Bowl, we go out to our baseball guys, our movie guys, uh, the stars, respectively, of Nothing Personal and Cinephile, David Sampson and Adnan Virk, to do our top five football movies. I believe that, generally speaking, I'm going to have a hard time finding five Football movies, I think, are great. I think football generally does not produce very good movies. Baseball can produce some. Basketball hasn't produced many either, but I think football is particularly weak. Let's see what they've got here, because between the two of you, if there's a lot of disagreement here, it means that you guys are going to find 10 football movies that you think worthy of respect, and I'm not sure there have been 10 of those made, but we'll see. We're going to start with David Sampson, as we usually do. Again, Nothing Personal is his podcast. It covers sports business very well, covers a lot of terrain very well. Let's start, David. The the sports business stuff is good, Dan. The movie stuff is not so good. Just make that clear for the audience. Go um, okay, there is a lot Be of dis- there is a lot of disagreement here. I think I feel like it was gratuitous before we've even started, but he's doing sort of calisthenics here. It's like Jim Carrey warming up for that cable guy uh, exhibition. Let's see what we've got here, uh, David Sampson. Number five, please. I had a hard time getting down to five. That's how many good football movies there are. Number five is Brian Song. Mm. Uh, Chris Cody, you're the executive producer. That requires fanfare. I don't know what you're doing other than sitting there staring at me. No, I hit the button. It just didn't work. That's not what was happening. You weren't anywhere near the button. No, I saw it. It just didn't work. For some reason, it didn't fire off. Uh, Peter's buffering. That was a good one. It's from the 1970s. Jessica, have you seen that one? It's about uh, it's about uh, dying, and it's sad. I've heard it's very sad. I have not seen it. Number four. Again, though, it's a 50-year-old movie. Gail Sayers, right? Yes, it's 50-year-old. James Caan, terrific. Number four. Rudy. (laughs) Who can't root for Sean Astin? He's my size. It's a great performance, and it is what I always wished I could do. Just give me one moment in time. No, no. Overrated is Rudy. I love Ned Beatty. He's fantastic. And yes, it's notable for the fact John Favreau is a cameo, Vince Vaughn as well. But David, you know as well as I, this is not just stretching the truth. This is stretching all credibility. This guy is a walk-on who had one play in his life. And all of a sudden, that's worthy of being one of the greatest football movies of all time. I like the last 10 minutes. The previous hour 40, a little bit ridiculous. I don't need Charles S. Dutton all of a sudden being redeemed, this old aging black man now redeemed by this young football player who gets his moment in the solitary clapping in the tunnel. It's very far-fetched. It's, it, I, I can't believe it's in your top five. My parents I are can't in that believe movie. that you had that much to say negative about Rudy. I don't think I've met anybody who didn't love Rudy. The dad and the brother cheering in the crowd at the end is gooseies every time. That's You're- the scene that my parents were there. Yeah. Your they- parents were in the Wait, actual they were there? movie. They were yes, they're in Rudy. They filmed the oh. crowd, the stadium scenes of Rudy during halftime of a Notre Dame game. I I believe I may have been in utero at the time. Actually, hey. I'll have to look into that. Put it on the poll, please, Juju, at Levitard Show. If Jessica was in the womb at the Notre Dame game featured in Rudy, does it mean she was at the game? Yes or no, at Levitard Show. Are you guys starting the the last 10 minutes with the scene of all of the players coming in and putting their jerseys oh, on no, the no. Exactly. No, I'm not including that, Dick, because that's the most ridiculous scene. Like, oh, that never on. happened. It's so absurd. It's a movie. This one's come for Rudy. On. No one said it's this a This one's for Rudy. I can't wait for you to criticize my number three. Number three. The Water Boy. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I'm just going to tell you that if you watch The Waterboy and A, don't think it's a football movie, and B, you don't laugh. It's not that just, funny. You're a Grinch. 
Billy Madison's funnier. Mr. Deeds is a little bit funnier. Like, this isn't that funny. The water boy of Adam Sandler's oeuvre is not strong. Doesn't carry the water. I don't feel like you can use oeuvre when it comes to the Adam Sandler (laughs) genre. I do believe that that particular genre doesn't deserve that word. We'll up upon in our day. We'll up upon in our day. Number two. Number two. The blind side. I am more than happy to ignore the reality of what went on. And whether or not it's true, not true, what not he true. knew, is it a money grab? What did the parents know? All I know is Sandra Bullock won an Academy Award, and The Blind Side is the second best football movie I've ever seen. That's an absurd take. I mean, this is one of these movies that appeals to the heartland. It's got all these old school values, i.e. square, boring, generic, soft focus. Like, I, there's nothing with The Blind Side that's awfully memorable. I, it's so contrived. It's so melodramatic, David. How could you fall privy to, to, to Hollywood machinations to actually get seduced into this kind of nonsense? Well, I try never to fall into machinations, but I do like being seduced. Hell yeah. Number one. The best football movie is one of my favorite movies of all time, and it is the Cameron Crowe oeuvre, Jerry Maguire. You complete me. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. I mean, it's, it's, it's all right. Cuba Gooding Jr. never should have won an Oscar. It's a little absurd now in retrospect. He's a pretty average actor. So it was an Academy Award winner, but it's got some moments. I, again, number one is outlandish, but... It's a good movie. It's got some moments. It's Fine. one of the great quotable movies there is. People, you, when you say you had me at hello, people know exactly what that is, even if they haven't seen the movie. When you talk about a treatise or an opus, what he did when you have dealt with agents the way I know you have and I have, it really is spot on. It's just a perfect movie, actually. The perfect movie. Uh, do you have Adnan in your top five without spoiling it? Do you have any of his movies in your top five? No, I don't, Dan, because I like to have good movies in my list. So my list is actually excellent. I've ignored all of Samson's list because it's obviously terrible movies. I mean, I, I, I'm still can't go over the blind side at number two, but go ahead. Number right. five. No, hold on. Just no, before please. we do that, are you in disagreement with me the way David is on what I believe, which is there haven't been that many good football movies made? I would agree with you on that, Dan. I think generally baseball, again, the sport closest to me and David's heart, I think is just rich terrain when it comes to baseball. Boxing movies, of course, there's a ton. Raging Bull, Rocky, uh, Requiem for a Heavyweight. You can go all the way back to the 50s and 60s. Fat City is a great film. So, yeah, I think boxing and baseball lends itself there. Football, not not very fertile territory for great football movies. Basketball's worse, though, right? Even yes, worse. Hoop dreams, some- white men can't jump. Hoosiers, that's it. Fast break. Loving basketball. Loving basketball. Teen Wolf. Number five, Adnan. <laughs> I'll take Teen Wolf. I had 11 basketball. Number five is North Dallas 40. Terrific book. Adapting the movie, Nick Nolte. That was a movie that was a, really showcased how tough that football was, how tough these football players were. It was gritty. It was hard edge. And again, as I've said to you before, Dan, Nick Nolte has a voice like a talking ashtray. So he's got to be on this list of great football movies. That's number five. Before you Do we go- have the Nick Nolte mugshot ready to go? <laughs> a video, throw that up at some point uh, before the end of the segment, whenever you want to. But uh, again, Tony, Jeremy, Jessica, I worry about the fact that you have now selected another movie from the 1970s that our young people could not possibly have any less interest in. All of them turn their nose up at Adnan's number five. I've never heard of it. I thought it was a highway. I mean... (laughs) 
<laughs> Take the North Dallas 40 this way. Head out that way. You're good. <laughs> true or not true? Put it on the poll, Juju, that's, at Levitard Show. Uh, North Dallas 40, uh, a 70s football movie or direction <laughs> someone gave you. Uh, number four, Adnan. It's a fair point by Tony. I'm going to go with Undefeated. It's an outstanding sports documentary. It came out a few years ago on Netflix, uh, won an Academy Award. It's 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 really, to me, what grassroots football is all about. And when you look at the impact that football can make an entire community, it, it's what the best documentaries do, which is that take a small subject and use it in the specific, make it universal. Why am I still seeing Nick Nolte? Undefeated is number four. I have never heard of Undefeated. I don't know who was in that movie. I don't know anything about the movie you're just referencing. What year was that? Uh, I'm going to say 2012, 2011, 2011. Yeah. How do you guys feel about undefeated Jeremy and Jessica? They picked a movie from the last 10 years. Have any of you uh, seen it? Never heard of it. It is a documentary that does have a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, which seems to go with a lot of what Adnan normally does on these lists, (laughs) (laughs) which is to say rank good movies. So, yeah, good, yeah, no, I'm not. It's not a criticism. <laughs> number, yeah. number, kind of sounded like it. Number three, it did sound <laughs> like it. Number three, Friday Night Lights. I didn't like that Finally. movie. You didn't like didn't it. like the movie. Billy Bob Thornton is phenomenal, playing the coach who somehow motivates his team against the Permian Panthers. I mean, you're telling me you don't like this underdog story. All of your movies all about this sentimental claptrap, and then I give you a movie which is a feel-good movie in many ways. Underdog story, trying to overcome the mighty powers, Texas football, Friday Night Lights, spawn a television show, and now you go, eh, I didn't like that one. Yes. That's pretty much what he did. Number two. Any given Sunday. Al Pacino is Tony D'Amato just roaring in the face of Jamie Foxx. At one scene, Oliver Stone has the chutzpah to intercut Ben-Hur with a scene between them, the chariot sequence. It's got lots going for it, including a very creepy James Woods. Uh, Lawrence Taylor is amazing. Jim Brown, one of the greatest football players of all time, is in the movie. There's a lot to love about any given Sunday. It's a little over the top. It's a little bit ridiculous, but nobody can deny it's very entertaining, including Cameron Diaz playing a rather unlikable owner. It's not even James Woods' best football movie. That's a movie called Against All Odds. Jessica, Nobody's heard of that movie. Yeah. Jessica, the uh, size of the yawn that you just unleashed <laughs> in the face of Adnan's number two. I like Friday Night Lights, by the way. The series Good. was also, uh, I guess, great. I mean, the second season was a, a travesty, but the rest of it was fun. Good characters. Number one. Shout out to, shout out to Connie Britton. Number one is Silver Linings Playbook. Bradley Cooper, fellow Philadelphia Eagles fan, phenomenal story. It mixes both romance and drama and a lot of football. Robert De Niro, Oscar-nominated, best supporting actor at playing a diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan. Great pathos in the scene in which he's talking with his son, struggling with mental illness with Bradley Cooper. The romance with him and Jennifer Lawrence. This film made Jennifer Lawrence a star after Winter's Bone put her on the map. And Cooper, until Maestro, had never been better. Silver Linings Playbook is a film that you can watch with anybody at any time. It's a great movie and a great football movie. I would like to see that on the poll, Dan, if I could sit in your chair for less than a second. Does anyone consider Silver Linings Playbook a football movie? Yeah, I mean, that's that's we were having that discussion back here. I agree it's a great movie, but football movie? No, remember know. the Titans boys? Come on. Yeah, what the heck? How could Tony, no, no, forget about the forget about the sense. It's not that great. Back to Silver Linings Playbook. How is that not a football How movie? Can neither one of you there are no good football movies. None. And you guys pick ten of them, and none of them is the longest yard. How the does that happen during Super Bowl week? God damn it! Unbelievable! 